0: Welcome back to another episode of the Mama To Be Honest podcast. My name is Jenea. This is episode 10. I cannot believe we made it to 10 episodes. I cannot believe I made it to 10 episodes. When I first recorded my first episode, I was like, man, I I bet I'm not going to be able to make it past a handful of episodes. And here we are. So I'm getting a little more comfortable with just... Listening to my voice (laughs) and letting the thoughts run through my brain and out my mouth. So, I think it's been going great so far. Thank you so much to all of you that have listened and tuned in and care about what I have to say. (laughs) It's been a really great experience for me to just put my thoughts out into the universe and talk to you guys and feel like I have someone listening as I navigate motherhood. So, it's been just a great experience so thank you I have had a really hard week and I want to preface this episode by saying that because I'm not I am not quite all there mentally it was a really weird week for me so I have a couple personal issues going on it was also my birthday so that was like an exciting part of the week my kids were also sick starting last Sunday. So that kind of started the week on a really on a really bumpy road. They we don't know exactly what it was. It wasn't COVID. I think it was just a really bad cold virus that maybe they hadn't had before. But it was it was a really rough stretch of just fever and congestion. And then once we thought they were better, we sent them back to school on Wednesday. And then the next day, they just kind of uh, reverted back to what they were. And so I had operated under the assumption that, okay, Jade probably has an ear infection because this is how it worked last time. And sure enough, they now both have ear infections. So they are starting to turn a corner. It is Saturday. I'm recording this on a Saturday afternoon. So it's just been a really hard week. I didn't take any time off while they were sick, I tried to just juggle working from home and having them home since Maurice was also working from home this week, but it was just a lot. And then some of the other things I'm dealing with too is just made it for a really tough week and tough to show up in all of the different roles that I have as, you know, a mom and as a wife and as myself and just feeling totally depleted. So I am really just, coming into this episode (laughs) not fully prepared and just kind of letting it all out on the table without much organization or thought. But I appreciate the grace that you all have given me. I think I've you know I've I've been a little MIA on the on the socials this week, but for good reason just trying to give myself a little bit of time and the okay it's that I don't always need to be on such a go, 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 go. I also feel like I might be a little burnt out. I've been tr- admittedly trying to juggle a little bit too much recently. We just la- we just launched our, our baby brand, Jaden Kaiko, and that was a lot of work leading up to the end of April, beginning of May and just kind of maintaining that. I also work full-time and then obviously content creation and doing all these things that I love to. It's been really great, but at the same time, I, I think it's all kind of come to a head lately and I really need to reevaluate the amount of time that I'm spending on <laughs> all of these things because at the end of the day I'm I am a I am a mom first and, Having to balance or try to make time for those other things has just been a bit overwhelming. And so this week, I've I've just been a bit more forgiving with the fact that I don't need to have super productive days all the time. Yesterday, we, Maurice and I were off of work yesterday. We get one day off of work a month. And so that's really great. The kids were at school, and I just spent the first half of my day just in bed, like crying my eyes out. <laughs> Not even for like a particular re- well, yeah, for particular reasons, but just to have that cathartic moment of I just need to release all of this pent-up stress and um, an emotional I don't know, uh, t- emotional stuff inside of me. So that was necessary. I started my day this morning on a run with my kids. I took my kids out on a run with me. It was more like a run, walk, jog, run, walk, jog, pause because my kids drop something on the ground, pause because they want a snack or water, pause because they want to listen to a song. <laughs> but it was good and I I am starting to realize that the more that my kids pay attention to me, the more that I really need to be conscious of the choices I make and the things that I choose to do with my free time. So like our time on the weekends, I think I am very guilty of putting a lot of time and effort into making sure our house is clean and making sure things are organized. But I am starting to realize that what, what do I want my kids to remember me as just this person that's always trying to make sure everything is perfect or, someone that's really taking care of herself and spending time outside and caring about her physical state and her mental state and being active and being smart and teaching my kids those habits. So I think that's also been an eye opener for me recently to get myself and just get myself in a better spot and How my kids are going to see me react or act during those hard weeks? Am I just going to, you know, stick to the status quo or am I going to do something to get myself out of a funk, get outside, things like that? So that's how our weekend is starting. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about this week, but I think since it's at the very top of my brain, I think it would be cool to talk about managing through sickness, fevers, viruses, just all the scary, sicky stuff that you deal with, with babies and toddlers, especially when they're young and as they get older and are touching everything and how I deal with that and some some helpful tricks and strategies that we use and how we've how we've gotten better at managing through the inevitable cold viruses and stomach flu and just all the gross stuff that you have to deal with as a parent, especially in the season of toddlerhood where they are seemingly sick every other week. (laughs) It is quite a nightmare. And whenever I talk to parents that have uh, kids that are older, maybe they're in their elementary school years or in middle school, high school, they just look at me and say, oh my gosh, I remember those years and I do not envy you. <laughs> so it's good to know that these things are normal, that toddlers are are going to get sick all the time, you know, unless they don't, unless your toddler doesn't go anywhere, right? Unless they stay at home. And that was very much the case with Jade. Jade was a, a <laughs> the epitome of a pandemic baby. We had her in the fall of 2020. She didn't get her first virus until nine months of age, which is kind of which is kind of unheard of she and and that was it was before she started daycare, but she I forget where she had gotten it but she had gotten some kind of virus it was it ended up being roseola, which is a common i think just a common cold virus where you have a super high fever, a little bit of congestion, and then you just break out into a rash and I guess most infants or kids are supposed to get it before the age of one or two. So that was her first. But the fact that she hadn't gotten sick for a whole nine months, just kind of demonstrates how much of a pandemic baby she was, we really never went anywhere, we didn't see anyone. But comparing it to something like this past winter, so the winter, the winter, I will never forget the winter of 2022. That and i haven't even had i'm i am still a very new mom i'm i'm a mom of two but still a very new mom i've only been a mom for almost a few years and this past winter i feel like is going to be one of one of the worst seasons of sickness that we will ever go to go through and even our pediatrician says says so and i don't know if it has to do with just the 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 virus curve or people returning out into the world but it seemed like ever since i think it was october yeah it was october of 2022 all the way through like mid february of this year it was just virus after cold after flu after virus after it's it seemed like it was every few weeks and probably even more than that. I feel like we we only had a break like a good break between colds or, or sicknesses. Like we would have like a four day stretch and then they would and then both of my kids would get sick again. And no matter how hard we tried, we could not if one of them got sick, we didn't even try to separate them because it's just so out of out of our control just what they touch, how they interact. We don't know when this thing started spreading. oftentimes it spreads before we even know that they're sick. And so it was just such a long stretch of time. We had gone to visit our friends in Seattle and um, they our, our kids had come back and then they got sick and that was kind of the the first bookend of the winter we will never forget so they got sick and then from there it seemed like every other week it would be something new we'd think that they would turn a corner and then it would be up oh, here's a new runny nose here's a new spiked fever here's a new this or that and it's it's really hard it's hard because every virus or every bug has its own set of challenges the the biggest challenge i think for for just regular colds or congestion especially with young babies, is clearing their airways or their, their nasal passageways because they're so stuffed up so they can actually breathe and, and sleep well. I think that's been one of the harder things we've had to deal with is if our kids are not sleeping well because they can't breathe and they don't, <laughs> they don't like to breathe through their mouths, they don't know how to do it effectively yet, going in and doing a saline and a snot sucker run and hopefully getting them down to sleep and having to do that several times a night and if their fevers are making them uncomfortable going in and just the disrupted sleep that colds bring are just really frustrating and really hard to see your baby go through and just running the humidifier 24 7 not being able to use like really strong oils in the humidifier it's just a lot. It's a lot. And it's a lot when you have to deal with multiples. And that was a really big eye opener for us. But it eventually, it eventually got to the point. I think it was like, it was after December and December was the worst that we had experienced. I think, in my opinion, it had gotten, I feel it, it might have gotten a little worse after that. But I think December was the worst for us because we had a couple ER visits. But once we had gotten over the worst of it, we were just like, okay, we have gotten through <laughs> we have gotten through a barrage of sickness that we are just expecting the next one. And we're doing whatever we can. We're washing hands. We are really trying to ride this out. But we had gotten to a point where we know what to do. We we know what's emergent versus not. We know when to even call the advice line because we that's, we have Kaiser, so we have to always go through like an advice line and talk to an advice nurse uh, before we do anything emergent or even see anything that's necessary for like a pediatrician visit. But we had gone to the point where we were pros at it. We were just like, we have gone through hell and back with with this season of sickness. So we just know we know what to do. <laughs> and after after it was over, it was like end of February, mid-February, february where we had a stretch, and we completely didn't notice that we had gone like three or four weeks without anything, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> they've been to they have been to daycare, they've been to school for like three straight weeks. This is incredible." <laughs> and that's the really hard part too is when they're sick and they have a fever. If you're responsible, you're supposed to keep your kids home, and and that's it's just really hard because you have to work and and my heart goes out to parents that don't have the privilege or the ability to work from home and it, it definitely is is a privilege that I'll, I'll I will never take for granted because I just can't imagine having to up and go to an office or you know a, a place of work and needing to le up and leave and get my kid and having to do that over and over for <laughs> months on end but we had gotten to the point where it was just something we were used to until the season was over. <laughs> and the statistic is is interesting. I th- it's Our pediatrician has told us that toddlers at this age will get anywhere between 8 and 12 colds, and it's usually within the winter months. And that's 8 to 12 colds per year, and usually within the winter months. There are just so many gross cold viruses and other things that are going on that kids just spread and touch and lick and just their kids, kids are gross. <laughs> kids are real gross. But the, wor- the worst and I think the scariest, the scariest uh, stretch of sickness that we had to deal with was was in December of last year. And with both of our kids, they had... They had gotten some kind of stomach flu, stomach bug, stomach virus, and I had never experienced anything like this before. I'm also very sensitive to, I am, <laughs> I am kind of a weenie when it comes to anything vomit, puke it's just i i don't like vomiting myself i <laughs> i can't handle taking care of myself <laughs> in those situations so i'm really glad i never had to deal with vomiting when i was pregnant because i just hate i hate it i think it's disgusting i can't deal with it and i have learned how to keep myself <laughs> keep myself calm when my kids have something that involves vomiting or puking but This past December, they had caught some kind of stomach virus and it had lasted. It lasted like a solid two weeks and it was they didn't have a fever accompany with it. I don't know what they ate or what it it was definitely a virus. So it wasn't at first I thought it might have been food poisoning, but it wasn't. They had picked it up at daycare. And it was just the two weeks from hell. We couldn't get them to keep anything down. We couldn't really get them to drink Pedialyte even. And so it had gotten to the point where our kids were pretty lethargic and not wanting to hydrate. And the hyd- the hydration piece was really scary for me. I had no idea how to f- like force liquid down my kids' mouths. And that in itself made me really scared and so I had no sense of whether or not they were hydrated or dehydrated even after talking to nurses on the phone and so we for both kids we had to take each of them to the ER ER on certain instances the virus just moved its way through their bodies they would have a few days of vomiting and then they would have a really gross stint of like diarrhea and we had to make sure that you know they weren't bleeding from either end. And it was just a really stressful gastrointestinal type of virus. And I had never dealt with anything like that before, even with myself. And, it was really brutal it was just not it was just not good and having to go to the er and having ivs inserted is always tra- traumatic for everybody and especially especially your babies but making sure that they're hydrated and they were mildly dehydrated but it was just always hard to tell for me so having gone through <laughs> just those really hard stints where you don't really know Whether to like, there was just no, there was no, there was nothing to compare it to in terms of like a mom intuition or like mom's intuition. I didn't know, okay, is my, my, I can sense my kids going to be okay, or I should take them to the hospital. There was nothing like that. So I think because there was nothing to compare it to, I just freaked out in that type of moment. And so that was definitely the hardest one of last season. But Now, anytime we encounter a cold or a bug, and they actually did have another stomach bug after after that stint, and we totally knew what to do. It lasted for like two days, and we were back to normal. We were back and cooking, and I was like, oh, we got this. (laughs) And I think it really just takes a few hard first times, like first times with everything to really get your foundation, get your confidence, know that you got through it that last time so you can get through the next one just fine. Even with COVID, COVID was, oddly enough, COVID was the easiest one for the kids so far. We have had colds and flus that have been so scary for me. COVID was a breeze. When we got COVID, it was last spring. So spring of 2022, we all got COVID. It was the worst for me. The Maurice and the kids had it fairly easy. Kai Kai, Kai, we didn't even know was sick. We just randomly swabbed him and he had a mild fever and it was a positive COVID test. Jade was really sleepy and just tired. And then after a couple days, they were fine. But I had it. I had it pretty bad. (laughs) But for the kids, COVID, COVID seemed to be the easiest. And that was pretty consistent with what the doctors had told us. So... But, yeah, having gone through all those firsts in terms of viruses and sickness and really scary instances where you have to go and, you know, trust your gut when you have nothing to compare it to with things like vomiting or virus or, you know, big scary numbers on the thermometer, having those firsts has really developed our confidence in what to do going forward. So, like this week, for example, it started it started on Sunday. Jade had like a hundred and three fever, but she was still pretty uppity. She was we had some family over, and she wanted to play and draw and color and and run around. So she was acting normal. and she was we could tell that it was just the very beginning of of some kind of some kind of cold. Her nose was running a little bit, but she was she was very much burning up. And usually with our kids it starts with one of them and then a couple days later the other one will <laughs> start with the same symptoms. Usually it's Jade that will will start with it and then we're there they play together all the time and you know we, it's it makes no sense. It makes no sense to me to separate them because by the time we notice one of them is sick, the other one already has the stuff in their body and it's just it's just brewing. It's it's waiting for its turn. So it started with Jade on Sunday and then Monday she woke up. Her fever was even higher. It was like 103 and a half. She looked a little lethargic and really kind of miserable. And so after usually what we try to do in our in our time dealing with colds and viruses is we let things we let we let the fever do its thing for if we if we can. If we can, if the kids don't look miserable, which she didn't. If we can let the fever do its thing for a whole 24 hours and that's what our pediatrician has recommended to us because a fever in itself is not bad a fever a fever just represents your child's body fighting whatever is inside of there so it's it's heating it's heating itself up it's trying to fight the virus and that's what a fever represents and so a fever is just your body doing its job and so we try to let the fever do its job for a full 24 hours before managing with things like, um, you know, fever reducers, Tylenol, ibuprofen, things like that. the The biggest giveaway for us when we when we do tend to lean on those things is when our kids exhibit really miserable type of behavior. So, what our pediatrician has taught us and the greatest tip that I've ever kind of you know, swallowed and carried forward is treat the baby, don't treat the number on the thermometer because the number is really it really just shows that your body is responding. And so, if your if your kid just looks miserable, which Jade did look miserable on Monday, that was when we knew. Okay, let's let's start treating with with some Tylenol, with some Motrin. We can kind of go back and forth. So that she's comfortable and she's she can perk up a little bit and maybe have some food or um, increase her her fluid intake. And we'll generally notice that when when they do take medicine or Tylenol, when they're miserable, they will perk up. They'll want to play. They'll want to have a little bit of something to eat. But even if we chose not to, it's not it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world. Your body is eventually gonna f- gonna fight off whatever's in there. And if they need a little help from you know the hospital, then that's always something we know we can um, we can leverage. but the majority of the time things are able to be managed at home that we've learned. So we try to really only focus on fluids. Uh, at first, when we dealt with our first cold, it kind of freaked me out that, you know, Jade or Malachi would just had no interest in, in eating. And I didn't realize that that's actually okay. And that shouldn't really be the focus of, of t- trying to get your kid better. The big, the big, the big things are sleep. So as much sleep, like throwing your schedule out the window and fluids, sleep and fluids that has been those two things uh, as simple as they might sound, have been like if we f- if we hyper focus on them, we notice we notice that they recover so much quicker than if we over push the Tylenol or over push things that they don't need like food or snacks and just adding unnecessary stress when all they need to do is have a little extra snuggles, a little extra sleep and fluids, fluids, fluids. And fluids does not mean just water. Fluids is. The actual sodium solution in the form of Pedialyte, with all the nutrients that are being expelled from their body because they're just so warm. They're warming up. They've they've got a fever. their Their body is getting uh, it's working extra hard, so needing to replace those fluids, especially during things like stomach flus or stomach stomach viruses. If they're getting rid of a lot of water, if they're vomiting or or having diarrhea, it's so important to replace those things, even if they can't keep them down like trying trying again introducing in small amounts that's the part also that had me really stressed during that that one stomach virus that we dealt with is having to consistently offer fluids and consistently try to get them to ingest something and if they are physically unable to keep anything down leaning on different medications like anti-nausea stuff prescribed by by their doctor and just, but, but really focusing on whatever it takes to get fluids and whatever it takes to get them sleep. So we have never leaned on things like melatonin. I have, I personally am not comfortable with melatonin. I know that uh, other, I know other parents that have leaned on melatonin in some instances. I don't think I'll ever offer my children melatonin. I, I don't necessarily know if it's I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just kind of our choice, but I I don't think I'll ever lean on melatonin for our kids, but just trying in the best ways possible to get them sleep, throwing our sleep schedule out the window, letting them fall asleep on the couch. This week in particular, Jay just did not want to sleep in her crib for nap time when we had her home all week. And so I just let her sleep on the couch. I let her sleep on my bed. I let her sleep anywhere where she would sleep. (laughs) And so throwing out all the expectation of a regular schedule or a regular routine has also been really helpful for us. Some things that have been really helpful for us when just monitoring colds or viruses, especially if they develop into something worse, like an ear infection, keeping an eye on their temperature and how it progresses over time, especially over like a three to five day stint it has been so hard for us to get a reliable thermometer for our kids. Usually, with most thermometers, you can't get a solid reading. We have one. Um, I posted it on my Instagram a few weeks ago. That we really love. It's an it's an ear. It's an inner inner ear thermometer that comes with these replaceable caps that really kind of help get a get an accurate reading for for your kid through the ear. But being able to track temperature, especially if you're not always offering things like tyno- Tylenol, just to know how your kid is progressing. So for example, this week, Jade's fever started at like 102 on Sunday, and then it was 103 on Monday. And then we noticed that day after day after day, it kind of would go down. So she would wake up and be 102. She'd wake up and be 101. And then she woke up on that third day and it was, it was, there was no fever. It was like 98 and then she came home and then the next day she woke up it was 102 again and so that's when i knew oh interesting she might be turning a corner here but the fact that she's reverted so quickly and she's still kind of showing these miserable like symptoms might suggest that she's got an ear infection and we only de- we only dealt with our first ear infection this this year like in january for both kids and I'm I'm glad that we did because now we kind of can pick up on the signs of an ear infection. So an ear infection in itself is not like it's it's not a type of cold. It's kind of the what can happen. It can be like the result of a cold, if that makes sense. So if your ear canals or your ear nasal canal, if if you just can't drain all of the gross stuff inside of you, and because babies have Babies and toddlers generally have smaller airways. It could lead to things like ear ear infections after experiencing those cold symptoms. So an ear infection would happen a few days or even like a week after the cold happens and the both both times that we've experienced them, the kids have shown signs of improving and then a couple days later just have a really high fever again. <laughs> and it's usually because it's it's now an ear infection that needs to some it sometimes can go away on its own. We've never allowed them to go away on their own since it's it, it their fever just got so high and they seemed so miserable and kind of started tugging at their ears. And so we've treated the ear infections we've dealt with with antibiotics whenever we have seen them and they work so fast and our kids are are able to return to normal and feel ha- <laughs> feel happy and playful again once they go through a round of like amoxicillin or something. So those have been tough ones to deal with. Um, another, another helpful tip to know is kids don't technically have a fever until it's over 100.4. And that's uh, that's the, it's the, it's the sweet number that you're always going to remember. So doctors, w- doctors and nurses won't consider your baby to have um, a fever, uh, unless it's over hundred point four. So even if they come home from school and it's at like hundred point four, just try not to worry about it unless you kind of see it climbing, in which case they're probably, probably starting to catch something products that I can't live without, having dealt with the winter from hell. (laughs) And now knowing that colds and viruses and sicknesses are just inevitable, and they will come and they will go things that we can't live without a humidifier in every bedroom, (laughs) even even outside of the bedroom. So when they are playing in the playroom, like having just having that constant humidity, be able to promote draining of mucus and just really a- allowing their bodies to drain the mucus and have it continue to flow. That's been really helpful for us. And even times where they get uh, Maurice and I sick, we, we have like four humidifiers in the house. I never thought we'd, ha- we'd need to have that many. But having a good humidifier that can last all night, if your kid especially sleeps 10 to 12 hours or more having a really big humidifier that can hold over a gallon of water and can humidify at different rates and you can turn it up, you can turn it down the ability to add oils to it if you're if your pediatrician of course approves it. In terms of nasal aspirators, it's really there are a ton of them out there. The only one that's ever worked for us <laughs> is the Frida snot sucker it usually takes both Maurice and I because Malachi is so (laughs) he's really stubborn so we need we need one parent to hold his head straight and the other to actually do the snot sucking so the Frida snot sucker has been a godsend to us it actually gets all of the snot out pairing that with a good saline solution Vic, baby Vicks, Baby Vicks has been great. So any Baby Vicks rub or any baby rub that will also kind of help clear the sinuses. Obviously, children's Tylenol, children's Motrin has been, it's just on constant rotation. In our house, having sets of light pajamas, warm pajamas, but especially light, like light pajamas when they're burning up. It really is important to make sure that our kids are not in they're not overly dressed when they're sleeping like allowing their bodies to sweat and have that kind of free circulation jade loves sleeping with her blanket so we try to have like really light pajamas for her because she will refuse she refuses to sleep without a blanket (laughs) whenever our kids don't like to drink pedialyte in itself we we turn pedialyte into popsicles with our popsicle our popsicle makers or we pedialyte also sells like otter pops but with Pedialyte. And so they they really like those. So especially on like a warm day, those have been really, really helpful for us to make sure that they are getting the sodium back into their body while they can also feel like they (laughs) are having a, a a good popsicle. That's always a treat. Oh, something else that's worked for us, a couple of helpful things. Product wise, Frida Baby sells these like What am I trying to say? It's like, it's like, it's like baby Vicks, but in a bath bomb. So being able to put those either in a bath bomb or like a shower steamer while also closing the windows, closing the doors, making the room extra steamy before running the bath. So usually what I'll do when the kids are sick, I will, before starting to draw their bath, I will turn up the shower, super, super hot, close all the doors, close all the windows in their, in their bathroom get the bathroom nice and steamy and then draw their bath so they'll come in and it's like a walk-in humidifier. It's like a hot box essentially. So that's also really helpful especially before bed to get them to get, you know, whatever snot we can out of their system so they can kind of breathe nicely before they go to bed and get them really comfortable before bed. And that's been, that, that's been really helpful for us. We also like to apply their Vicks on their feet, on their chest and on their back. So anywhere, anywhere we can lather it, we lather it up and it, it's really helpful and they like it. It's nice and it's nice and soothing for them and, and helps clear, clear their sinuses in terms of things we like to do when when the kids are sick it can kind of feel <laughs> really miserable and cabin fevery literally when you have your kids home and you're just trying to get them well but we we don't really constrain ourselves i mean we re- we will responsibly go on like an outing a day like we'll have We, we obviously it's, there's, there's only so much you can do, right? There's only so much you can do. We try to be considerate of others if our kids are really, you know, snotting it up everywhere, but maybe, maybe putting a mask on maybe, but yeah, we'll, we will go on walks and try to keep our distance from people, but I've taken the kids to the store just to kind of get them out of the house, read them if they're really feeling like they want to get out and just want to go do something. I won't constrain them from doing that. Well, we'll go and and try to have a good time, or go to the park, and you know if there's no kids around, let them let them let them have as as normal of a day as they can. But if they really are feeling miserable, then I could just tell, and you know I, I'm not I don't feel guilty letting them watch TV for hours on end if they just want to sit on the couch and snuggle up and have their bottle with them. So. We are getting through a really hard week. <laughs> My kids are napping right now and they're taking great naps, which is really reassuring that they are round they are rounding a corner. They had their second dose of amoxicillin this morning, so the antibiotics are doing their thing. We are rounding our way <laughs> out of another cold, but I am fully expecting another one to be on the horizon. This kind of stuff just comes with the territory. It, it can be really discouraging at times because it just seems like it's nonstop. And especially when my kids can't tell me how they're feeling or they can't tell me what hurts or they can't tell me if it's a cold, if it's a tummy bug, if their bodies are aching. It's really just hard to not have that kind of control in these situations and needing to be needing to be everything they can but not being able to at the same time. So I think that's it's really hard as a parent to get through these stints of of time and this season is just so hard. Toddlerhood is hard when it when it comes to managing sickness and knowing when it's serious versus not. I am just waiting for the day though when they will have <laughs> this magic immunity. <laughs> Again, all the parents that I've talked to say it gets better. It gets better they will go months and months and months and months without having a cold and you will wonder what who is this child they are definitely not mine <laughs> so i'm waiting for that day and i'm glad that it's it's it will come but i think i'm going to stop there for the week i think that's all my <laughs> i think that's all i can i can i can take for for today but i really appreciate you guys being patient with me and gentle with me I am sure being gentle with myself it has been a really hard week for me and I am my heart goes out to you guys if you've had a tough one lately too or any tough stretches that you have especially in trying to f- fill up all your roles as a good partner a good parent a good person you are doing your best and I know I'm doing my best <laughs> signing off on a cheesy note no. <laughs> So we'll see you next week. I'm going to put out another AMA and we are nearing the thousand follower mark on my Instagram, which is very exciting. So stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be kicking off our thousand follower giveaway. If you listen to episode nine, you have that first giveaway code to get you extra entries. I'm going to give you another giveaway code right now to kind of add to your collection of giveaway codes. This will only increase your chances of winning the giveaway. I still don't yet have a set kind of collection of of prizes or products that I'll be giving away. But just know that if you collect these codes, you'll be able to have more entries into the Mama To Be Honest 1,000 Follower Giveaway. So the giveaway code for this week is Baby Fever. So just write that one down along with Episodes 9 giveaway code. The more codes you collect, the more entries that you have into our giveaway. So just keep on writing those down. If we have a chance to do another one before we hit 1,000 followers, that is great. Otherwise, if we do, we'll get our giveaway started very soon. I think we're going to do some of my favorite mama brands and... Probably a collection of our Jade and Kaiko products as well, our baby brand. So thank you for tuning in this week. Stay tuned for our giveaway details in the coming weeks. I will chat with you guys soon. Send me me a message on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you can find me. And we will chat soon. Okay, love you guys. (music)